hear my song, thou God of all the nations, a song of peace for their land and for mine. Who among us doesn't need a little more peace these days? More peace among the nations, of course, and among different groups that seem set against each other, but how about more peace in our own lives? Who among us doesn't need more hope, more understanding, more reconciliation? So you may be thinking, how do I get these things? How do I find that place of hidden wholeness? In my experience, the way to find more peace and more hope and more love is not by running after those good things as if you could catch up to them, but rather by slowing down and being more still and waiting for them to come and visit you. To invite peace to light on your shoulder the way a bird or butterfly might if you're still enough. Just over a week ago, the summer solstice arrived. That moment when our end of the earth, which has been gradually tilting closer and closer, pointing more towards the sun since way back in the end of December, that moment when that tilting stopped. Ancient people who spent more time than we do watching the sky in the daytime and in the night, they noticed that the path of the sun, its arc across the sky, gradually would get higher and higher and higher in the sky until one day it stopped. And it seemed to stay at that high arc for a brief time and then it starts going back lower again. And they came in up with a name for this, they called it the solstice, which in Latin means sun standing still. Here at the start of summer, I wonder if we might take a lesson from this. That maybe we could benefit from standing still for a change. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his splendor was not arrayed like one of these. I have this practice first thing in the morning of sitting in silence. It helps keep me grounded, and I'm grateful for the peace that it brings. Though if you've ever done this, you know that sometimes even when the outside can be peaceful, 
the inside can take a long time to settle down. I'm grateful that I actually get to do this at all. When my children were younger, it was much harder, if not impossible, to find this kind of quiet time. This past Friday, I sat for longer than usual, for about an hour. When the urge to get on with things came up, that voice saying, isn't there something you're supposed to be doing? I tried to resist that and just tell it to wait so I could rest in that place of not doing. Trying to quiet my mind, trying to be open so that the peace which does lie underneath, like underneath the ocean in that beautiful image Zan gave us, the peace that is there waiting underneath our busy lives and our noisy world so that it might rest with me for a while. I did this because I needed to. Like some of you, I'm oftentimes feeling jangled these days, overwhelmed by the news and by the trouble and the overstimulation of it all, so many voices. It seems to me regularly I have this idea that we haven't yet figured out how to deal with the 21st century, the technology of it and the speed of it. I fear that we are at risk of becoming captive to these tools that we carry around in our pockets that are supposed to be making our lives better, but sometimes seem to be making our lives worse. I worry about how social media might be changing us, that it's becoming a substitute for real, in-person connections. There's nothing wrong with signing an online petition except it seems to me it automatically then gets you on another person's group's email list. But there's a difference between an online petition and writing a letter or making a phone call or showing up at a rally, yes? When someone you know dies, there's a real difference between offering your condolences on Facebook and writing a real note or showing up with flowers or food. I worry that these virtual connections are making us more disconnected from what really matters, which is why I love being here on Sunday where we light real candles and we hear each other's spoken joys and sorrows, where we join in singing and in prayer and in moments of silence together. In a few weeks, I'm going to be out in California officiating the wedding of my niece. And so I've been talking on the phone over the last six months or so with my niece and her fiance. And this lovely young couple, 
they're in their mid to late 20s. They are no strangers to technology and social media. But they have asked me at the start of the wedding to tell everyone there to please put away their cell phones and just be present to that precious and fleeting moment when these two will join their lives together. To experience that precious moment, not through their devices, but with their eyes and their ears and their hearts. I think of these words that Virginia Woolf wrote in her diary. If one does not lie back and sum up and say to this moment, this very moment, stay, you are so fair. What is to be one's gain, dying? No, stay this moment. No one ever says that enough. There seems to be an inherent restlessness within us that urges us to keep moving on to the next thing rather than being present to what is right here and right now. I have this in myself and I'm trying to resist that urge. In these warmer summer days to take the time to slow down and just be for a change. To practice saying, stay this moment. Of course, this can be easier said than done. Many of us are more in the habit of moving than we are sitting still. We tend to go, go, go until we are exhausted and we crash. I wonder, is it a sign of our poverty of spirit that we keep running, running all the time? Do we fear that the meaning in our lives is only in the doing, that our value is only in what we produce and accomplish, and that if we stop, then what is there? But when we have the courage to rest, and for some of us it may take a little bit of courage to do this and do nothing for a change, then we start to get a sense of what some people at least have known always. That under the service, there is this silent and invisible life. That we are made to be in touch with those depths, with that mystery. To rest assured that beneath the work and the struggle of this life, there is more going on than we can see and that we will miss it if we only live on the busy surface of things. What is needed these days is a balance between activity and rest, 
between speaking and silence. You know when you're full all the time, there's no room in there for the Spirit to come in. Some of you know that I love to get away and go off fly fishing all by myself. One of my favorite writers about fishing is Tom McGuane. And there's a passage in a short essay he wrote about fishing in which he talks about the importance of the balance between work and play. He says that he thinks that those who do nothing but play, like the fishermen who would call themselves trout bums, who chuck it all to go off and be full-time fishermen, he says most of these people he has met are actually self-absorbed and boring. Like, why would you want to do that, he asks. But here's what I want you to hear. He writes, good anglers should lead useful lives and useful lives are marked by struggle and difficulty and even pain. Therefore, bow your back and fish when you can. When you get to the water, you will be renewed. You know something about bending your back, about giving your hands to struggle, about working hard. I know this about you. But I wonder, what do you know about rest? What if you gave yourself the gift of some rest, some more rest, some time to bask in the blessings of this present moment, some time to be renewed and restored? That's what the Sabbath used to be when stores would close and life would slow down. People would gather for worship and then maybe for a meal together afterwards. Maybe then a walk or a nap or maybe a quiet game or some quiet reading or conversation. There's wisdom and grace in Sabbath time that I fear we are forgetting. So what if you turned off your computer, stepped away from social media and email for one day a week? Could you do that? Might it actually help you to be more productive and more enthusiastic for the active parts of your life. Especially if you're feeling worn down these days, if you're feeling raw or discouraged, I hope you'll see those things as symptoms, as indicators of the fact that you could use some rest. And can you trust that the promise of rest is always there. And that even if you can't avail yourself of it right now, that that promise, that that invitation still remains. 
Wendell Berry is a farmer and an activist in addition to being a writer. He knows about hard work and struggle. And he knows that to everything there is a season. That there are times when you need to stop and smell the roses and consider the lilies. I hope you'll hear his words again as a reminder of the world that is around us and available to us, that seems to know more about rest than we do. Our beautiful world that is always there waiting for us, inviting us to receive its blessing. When despair for the world grows in me, and I wake in the night at the least sound, in fear of what my life and my children's lives may be, I go and lie down where the wood drake rests in his beauty on the water and the great heron feeds. I come into the peace of wild things who do not tax their lives with forethought of grief. I come into the presence of still water, and I feel above me the day-blind stars waiting with their light. For a time I rest in the grace of the world and am free. That is my prayer for you in these summer days that you will find the time to rest in the grace of the world and be free. Amen.